Good morning, all. Good morning. It is great to be able to get back up here and share God's word with you this morning. Um, we'll just pray before we start. Uh, Lord, thank you that we could be here together this morning. Um, thank you that we can just listen to your word now. We pray and we ask, Lord, that you send the Spirit and just open our eyes and hearts to what you want to say to each and every one of us this morning. Amen. Now, I was just reading an article last night. It just popped up. I love the way things pop up from time to time. But this was, it fits in with everything that I'm going to be going through today. And it was about a small church in Australia. And the pastor had just given a really powerful preach. And after the preach, a woman and her son approached. And she just asked, would he pray for the son's hearing? And uh, the whole congregation gathered around and the pastor prayed really passionately. And... uh, he asked him, you know, how's your hearing now? And the young man said, well, it's tomorrow. <laughs> but it's, it's easy to get things wrong. You know, it's easy to jump to the wrong conclusion. And uh, I picked this passage today because it's getting... To But it's getting near Easter time now, and I was drawn to this part of Luke's Gospel, in part because we're surrounded by a lot of bad news. And Yeah, bad news. It's been COVID deaths and lockdowns every day for the last two years, and before we even had time to draw a breath, it's now this terrible war in Ukraine. And Christina... Shalashenko, who lives in Odessa in the Ukraine, had these words. It's very scary. Everyone is terrified and in shock. The world we're used to, it's just not there anymore. And with rising food and fuel costs here, and the threat of economic meltdown, and World War III knocking on our door, you know, people are afraid here too, and on edge. Now the... The effect all this is having on people's mental health has been so great that some news agencies have suggested to viewers to limit their exposure to the news or to simply turn it off. Now, if only the news was like a dodgy router you could turn off and back on again and it would be fixed, but sadly that's not the case. But thankfully, we have an answer to all the bad news in the world, and it's found in the Easter story. And before we get to it, we're going to take a walk with some disciples down the road to Emmaus. These disciples' world had just fallen apart with no obvious solution. And that's where we take it up. And it's Luke 24, 13 to 35, the road to Emmaus. And today, Luca is going to read. Thanks, Luca. Morning all. Open your Bibles, Luke chapter 24, 13 to 35. That very day, two of them were going to a village named Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem, and they were talking with each other about all these things that happened. While they were talking and discussed together, Jesus himself drew near and went with them. But their eyes were kept for recognizing him. And he said to them, What is this conversation that you are holding with each other as you walk? 
and they stood still, looking sad. Then one of them named Cleophas answered him, You are the only visitor to Jerusalem who does not know the things that have happened there in these days. And he said to them, What things? And they said to him, Concerning Jesus of Nazareth, a man who was a prophet, mighty indeed, and word before God and all the people. And how our chief priests and rulers delivered him up to be condemned to death and crucified him. But we have hoped that he was the one to redeem Israel. Yes, and besides, all this is now the third day since these things happened. Moreover, some women of our company amazed us. They were at the tomb early in the morning, and when they did not find his body, they came back saying that they have seen a vision of angels, who said that he was alive. Some of those who were with us went to the tomb and find it just as the woman had said, but him they did not see. And he said to them, O foolish ones, and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Was it not necessary that the Christ should suffer these things and enter into his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted to them all the scriptures, the things concerning himself. So they drew near to the village to which they were going. He acted as if he were going farther. But they urged him to strongly, saying, Stay with us, for it is toward evening, and the day is now far spent. So he went in to stay with them. When he was at the table with them, he took the bread and blessed and broke it and gave it to them. And their eyes were opened, and they recognized him. And he vanished from their sight. They said to each other, Did not our hearts burn with us while he was talked to, to us on the road, while he opened us to the scriptures? And they rose the same hour and returned to Jerusalem. And they found the eleven and those who were with them gathered together, saying, The Lord has risen indeed, and he appeared to Simon. Then they told what had happened on the road and how he was known to them in the breaking of the bread. Now, a small bit of background to this is the passage starts off by telling us that Emmaus was a small village not far from Jerusalem and that two disciples were talking and discussing about everything that had happened while they were walking on the road. Now, we know one of them was named Cleopas, who makes his one and only appearance in the Bible. The other remains unknown, but it tells us at the end that these disciples went to Jerusalem to find the eleven. So we know they weren't a part of Jesus' core group of eleven apostles. And in verse 17, it says their face was downcast, meaning sad and without hope. So what had happened? Well, these were disciples of Jesus of Nazareth, who was their rabbi and their teacher. Um, he was thought to be Israel's Messiah and Savior only days earlier. He was the future that they'd left everything for. He declared himself the way, the truth, and the life, and promised a new kingdom that would reign forever. He claimed to be sinless and that he had the power to forgive sins. He also claimed to be able to give eternal life to his followers. He taught scripture with authority like no one else ever had. Everyone believed he was a prophet. And they had witnessed 
Multitudes of people flocked to Jesus to be healed in miraculous ways. Jesus had to be the one. He just had to. And sure, he ruffled a few feathers in the Sanhedrin. Okay, more than a few, probably all of them. In fact, it would be fair to say they hated him, but there was something about him. He spoke the truth. So they followed him, and as he entered Jerusalem on a colt, just like the prophecy for the Messiah in Zechariah 9, Rejoice greatly, daughter Zion. Shout, daughter Jerusalem. See your king come to you, righteous and victorious, lowly and riding on a donkey, on a colt, the fall of a donkey. And the whole city had cheered for him, and they wanted to make him king there and then. Everyone was absolutely sure he was the one that would be king and save Israel, that he was the Messiah. Except for one problem, Jesus was dead. And all of their hopes and dreams were dying with him too. Now hopelessness. We know how that feels, don't we? Uh, To have dreams shattered, to be in that place of hopelessness and emptiness. Uh, It comes to us in the form of illness or with the loss of a loved one. Maybe your hope was for a different life for us or a different life for someone close. Um, maybe we hoped for marriage or instead regretted the life marriage brought um, or for college or for children or for that little house with the white picket fence that became the dream of families for decades but no matter what we know how it feels to lose hope uh, it was hard for these disciples to believe that in a matter of hours the same crowd that hailed Jesus as king um, and surely his entry to Jerusalem had turned and mocked him and as the Romans spit on him and beat him and then nailed him to a cross. And there he hung in disgrace, like a criminal. All that time spent with him, all that time believing his words and trusting he had the answer. Um, the answer was now dead and buried with Jesus. And why had it gone so wrong? And what happens now? And to mix things up even more, they'd heard reports about the empty tomb and the angels. Like, what did that mean? Was it true or just a result of people acting crazy from grief? The other apostles had thought it nonsense, and in truth, nothing seemed to make sense anymore. It's not hard to imagine the questions that would have burned in their mind, and if they doubted the empty tomb, they definitely wouldn't be alone. How many people today, here and now, refuse to believe in the resurrection despite of all the evidence? Just like some of the disciples at that time, how many today think the whole thing nonsense? They certainly had a lot to discuss on that road, and it seemed like the world had fallen out from under their feet. But then, then Jesus happened. Verse 15, as they talked and discussed things with each other, Jesus himself came up and walked along with them, but they were kept from recognizing him. Now people have wondered why the disciples didn't recognize Jesus. That's a fair question. Um, Often speculating that he was hooded or had the sun at his back or number of reasons, but it's important to note that it says they were kept from recognizing Jesus. It wasn't that Jesus looked different. It wasn't that he was unrecognizable. This was God's plan in God's timing. And there was a reason for it, as we'll see shortly. And Jesus asked what they're talking about. What things he asked. He didn't need to ask, but the disciples needed him to ask. And again, we'll see soon. About Jesus of Nazareth, they replied. He was a prophet. He was a prophet, powerful in word and deed, before God and all the people. The chief priests and their rulers handed him over to be sentenced to death, 
and they crucified him. But we had hoped he was the one who was going to redeem Israel. And what is more, it's the third day since all this took place. In addition, some of our women amazed us. They went to the tomb early this morning, but didn't find his body. They came and told us that they had seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. Then some of our companions went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said, but they did not see Jesus. So, Jesus gets an account of his life, death and resurrection given to him by disciples that couldn't yet believe in the significance of the empty tomb or who was in front of him. On that road to Emmaus, right there and then, he could have just opened their eyes and hearts. He could have done that. But instead, in verse 27, beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. And you have to ask, why? Like we heard from Jason a couple of weeks ago, the amount of prophecy about Jesus that could only have been fulfilled in exactly the way Jesus did it is absolutely staggering. Um, From the Passover lamb of Exodus, whose blood saved all who were covered by it, to the method of Jesus' execution, predicted long before crucifixion crucifixion existed. Um, I'll just put down a couple of them just so you can get an idea. So, all of these he fulfilled. The Messiah would come from the tribe of Judah. His throne would be anointed and eternal. Messiah would spend the season in Egypt. The massacre of children would happen at Messiah's birthplace. Um, he would be a, a prophet preceded by Elijah, declared the Son of God, called a Nazarene, a light to Galilee. He would be king. He'd enter Jerusalem on a donkey. Um, Messiah would be betrayed. Messiah's price money would be used to buy a potter's field, which we know Judas did. He'd be falsely accused. Um, this is just to give you an idea of some. Messiah would be crucified, given vinegar. And they're all in there. And it's just, it's so specific that when you go through them all, it's just absolutely amazing. And we do know Jesus had a purpose as he walked with him through the entirety of Revelation in Scripture. It was to show how it all gave witness to who he was and why he had come and why it was necessary. Later in verse 32 they say, Were not our hearts burning within us while he talked with us on the road and opened scriptures to us? These disciples had the gospel preached to them by a resurrected Jesus and their struggling faith was being rekindled. So how important is scripture today? The first words in the book of John, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Matthew 4, it is written, man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. And Second Timothy, all scripture is God-breed. So all scripture comes from God, and every bit of all of it points to Jesus. Scripture is witness to who Jesus is. He uses it today to open the eyes of those who don't know him. And to give us who believe a deeper understanding of who he really is. Just as he used it on the road to Emmaus. If Jesus taught so highly of scripture, then we can't emphasize enough the importance of scripture and reading the Bible regularly in our own lives. At the same time, knowing that it will always be a battle for each and every one of us. And if you find that a million things get in the way of you reading scripture or that there's too much dust on your Bible, well, you're definitely not alone. 
But we need to remember God wants to speak to us. And he wants us to grow in our knowledge of him and in our relationship with him. And he wants that fire in us to continue to grow. Now in verse 28, as they approached the village to which they were going, Jesus continued on as if he were going farther. But they urged him strongly, stay with us, for it is nearly evening. The day is almost over. So he went in to stay with them. These disciples weren't letting Jesus go that easy. When he was at the table with them, he took bread, gave thanks, broke it, and began to give it to them. Then their eyes were opened, and they recognized him, and he disappeared from their sight. Now, is that not the full story of the gospel right there? Like, is that not our story too? Of how we walked a road of doubt and hopelessness until we met the risen Jesus? Of how Jesus opened our eyes and our hearts through scripture to who he was? Of how, after we'd heard the gospel and invited him into our lives, the resurrected Jesus turned our faith to doubt? And it doesn't end there. Not for the disciples and not for us. Verse 33, they got up and returned at once to Jerusalem. There they found the eleven and those with them assembled together and saying, It is true, the Lord has arisen and appeared to Simon. Then the two told what had happened on the way and how Jesus was recognized by them when he broke the bread. Um, Doubt became faith and faith became joy and joy ran to tell the whole world and that's exactly what they did. And these are the two messages that I just want to conclude on, that I want to finish on. First, the good news and the joy that Jesus is alive and all who trust in him will be saved. The disciples couldn't contain their excitement or their need to share the good news. So let's not forget that joy in our own lives or the need to share the news with those around us. And second, the importance of scripture in our lives. If scripture is so important to Jesus and how he chose to reveal himself in all our lives, then let's choose to embrace that. Um, let's meet Jesus on our own road and let him fire up our hearts. Now the passage ends with how Jesus was recognized by the disciples as he broke bread. And this was what opened their eyes. The last time he'd done that, he declared, this is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And just as we come up to communion time now, we too will be sharing the bread and recognizing who Jesus is. And while we remember all that he suffered for us on the cross and the love that he has for us, we also remember that he's risen and this world has hope. Um, so let's pray. Lord, thank you that we're saved and free. Um, thank you that we do know you and that you have met us on our own road of Emmaus and that you have opened our eyes. And as we take the bread and cup together, we remember all you've done in our lives. Your sacrifice on that cross um, that saved us and restored us to you forever. And if there's anyone listening today out there that hasn't trusted in you yet, then maybe today would be the day they take that step. Maybe today would be the day they trust you as Savior. And so we lift up our hearts and with thanks and praise, Lord Jesus, and thank you that we will never walk this road alone. Amen.